And welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. This is episode 13, and we have another great guest for you. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Let's kill that bass head. Alright, let's do this I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know Having a good time on the show, T-Bows and Maddie G Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP Hi everybody, our guest today is well known in the film industry. He is an American film director, producer, screenwriter, actor, and co-founder of Trauma Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, a pioneer in the independent film industry, Mr. Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd, thank you very much for joining us. Well, greetings from Tromaville, and uh, the Toxic Avenger is, is here with me, and uh, we don't make a move without uh, freaking awesome. We consult freaking awesome all 13 episodes, that's even right. though the 13th is, hasn't happened yet. That's right. By the time everybody listens to it, they will. <laughs> that's right. Yay. That's amazing. So, um, I mean, honestly, Lloyd, clearly you've been in the business for, for so long. And we couldn't possibly list all our all your titles that you've worked on, and, and generally we like to pitch that to people right when we do the introduction. Um, but you know, trauma started with like sexy comedies, uh, you know, such as Squeeze Play and, and Waitress, both with an exclamation. But then you kind of moved towards that campy uh, schlock splatstick horror. Like, what, what was what was why the change? Well, uh, we were ahead of the game. You see, the independent, uh, the reason that uh, the uh, movie going is very boring these days is because there are no independent studios left. And it's the independents who create the magic. They're the ones who change the world, right? Uh, the, the, the Peter Fonda movie with the motorcycle, uh, 1969, changed the world. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Woody Allen movies, uh, uh, to some extent, changed the world. Sure. He changed some children too, apparently. Uh, but <laughs> but the point is, uh, um, we got into the Animal House thing before Porky's, before it became a big deal. Squeeze Play came out and made a lot of money because uh, uh, nobody it was new. It was the whole raunchy comedy thing. Yeah. It was a new deal. And, and, and uh, Waitress, very... same thing. And uh, and the same with uh, Stuck on You, which was heavily influenced by Tom Lehrer and uh, and uh, Stan Freeberg, and it's the best of the uh, Troma's raunchy comedies. And then the first Turn On, starring uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Sheila Kennedy. In fact, they had a screening last night. Last night, the first Turn On was uh, shown at uh, the Film Noir Cinema in Brooklyn. Uh, uh, Troma Tuesdays. They do a Troma Tuesday every Tuesday. And first turn on the movie made in 1983. How many movies made in 1983 are still being shown in theaters uh, that had millions of dollars of advertising? Right? I could probably yeah, say no none. Yeah, none, <laughs> none. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's amazing. And, that's a, and the, so we got into the uh, Animal House stuff before uh, the the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But what happened was. They, the mainstream, started to make uh, raunchy comedies, but they were playing very unfair. They were using good actors and good scripts. So we had to go somewhere else, gentlemen. So uh, one day, Michael Hers, uh, my partner, was reading one of the trade publications, probably uh, Variety or Hollywood Reporter, and there was a headline to the effect 
that horror films were no longer commercial. Nobody wanted them anymore. Uh, outdated. Mm-hmm. So uh, we immediately decided, okay, if the experts are saying one thing, we've been successful by doing the opposite. Right? Squeeze play combined sex and comedy. Yeah. That was a no-no. Right? People mm-hmm. who, who uh, uh, you know, the, uh, sexy movies were made for the raincoat sales. So people with raincoats could go and watch sexy movies. You weren't supposed to combine <laughs> the comedy with sex, uh, with sex. But we figured, what the fuck? Sex is funny as hell. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll put them together. And it worked. And the, but then the studios caught on, and we had to go elsewhere. And Michael read that uh, the horror films were no good commercially. So uh, he said, let's, do a, let's make a horror film. Mm-hmm. But uh, we like comedy, and um, uh, you know the rest is toxic adventure. However, that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote about it. Actually, James Gunn and I wrote uh, my first book that I wrote called uh, "All I Need to Know About Filmmaking." I learned from the Toxic Adventure, yeah. and I talk a lot about how we, how uh, how how long it took uh, took us to come up, or it took me to come up with the idea that yes, we'll do a horror film. Yes, Frankenstein will live, uh, but. We'll make it funny, and we'll make it political, and nobody's going to be scared by our horror film. It's going to be disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and then was born the full head crushing. <laughs> and, and it's funny, you know, before everybody's we... Everybody's using full head crushings now, right? Yep. Before we Dead called, Matt and I were just talking about that. Literally, literally. Literally. That exact scene from Talking <laughs> Avenger with the weight, uh, the weight machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Martin Scorsese just put a full... Head crushing scene in his latest film. Yeah, they all Spielberg did it. No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> but uh, but you know, if you look at contemporary movies, there are lots of you, you really can see the footprint that trauma has had on well, the Deadpool guys, James Gunn, yep. Trey Parker, all these people that used to work for trauma all have been influenced by trauma. It's a pretty big universe when you think about it. It's not the Marvel universe, but I'd say uh in a way, even though we're more underground, we might have a bigger footprint in that we influenced a lot of young directors in their day, like Tarantino and and uh, uh, Eli Roth and those yeah. guys. Even uh, Kevin Smith, I think, Rodriguez did and, yeah. you know, all the masters of horror, Takashi Miike, uh, all over the world, I right? Know. Alex D. Iglesia wrote to us, uh, um, Who's the other one in Spain? This other Spanish guy. Uh, okay. uh, I always think Guillermo anyway, del Toro. Whatever. Yeah, del Toro. All, all yeah, over I think. the world. 30 years ago, there were young directors emerging all over the world, and they, and they latched on to trauma. And now they're, they're mainstream movie directors. Yeah. So trauma uh, doesn't get any credit, but uh, indeed, we have a huge footprint on the uh, countryside of uh, modern-day uh, movie-making. If only trauma could get uh, 10% of those, or even 1% of any of those sales, just as, as a, hey, thanks for influencing us. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 I yeah. agree. The yeah. kickback, I love it. Yeah, a <laughs> little, little kickback. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I am with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Have had... you seen the treasure, the treasure of Sierra Madre? You know that movie? It's all about this treasure. It's a Bogart, Humphrey Bogart, directed by John Huston. Okay, but, yeah. But the Toxic Avenger... They, they're remaking it, and that's been our treasure of, of Sierra Madre. That's because amazing. that's sort of a toxy is our Mickey Mouse. Yep. And uh, <laughs> the, the big company is, is, says they're remaking it, and if they do, 
um, that will enable us in Somerville to make some more movies. For sure. All right. I, I definitely yeah, got a, a yeah, lot we more. Keep waiting for it. Yeah. It, it, it's been a long, long, long haul. Uh, <laughs> it's been a very, very long, long ten years. But I think we're finally heading down the hall. They've got a great uh, writer to, to read it. Uh, and uh, hopefully they'll let him direct it. And I've read the script. It's better than the original Toxic Laundry. And uh, it's going to be terrific. And, uh, and uh, so if, assuming they really go ahead with it, and it looks like finally they may, uh, not only will we get a great sequel, I'm not saying it'll make money, but it's going to be terrific. Not a sequel, what do you call it? A remake. A, remake. Or yeah, a reboot. A reboot, yeah. Reboot. Re- I, I prefer reimagining. Yes. Um <laughs> And uh, uh, it's going to be terrific, and and uh, and and uh, it'll be good. So so even if it doesn't make money, it'll be good. It'll be it'll it'll last. It won't be, uh, you know, I don't want to mention any names. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have more toxic adventure questions for you, but I'm I'm going to hold off for one yes. second. We got a few in ahead of that uh, before the kind of a, a lead up to it. Yes, I actually had a great question for you. So um, Tony and I. Having seen a few of your movies, um, <laughs> we were curious, um, what is the correlation between the uh, protagonist and Tutus? For you. For you. Well, well, I worked with, uh, John, with uh, Jacques D'Amboise, uh, who was one of the lead dancers for the New York City Ballet, and I believe Balanchine's uh, most... Uh, uh, a beloved uh, male dancer. And uh, so I happened to be, went to a lot of ballet and it just seemed uh, that this would be a good, funny thing for a big monster, superhuman creature. Yeah. You know, you're not allowed to say superhero. If you say superhero, you get a lawyer's letter from Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, when the Toxic Avenger, when the Toxic Avenger was a Marvel comic, he was a superhero yep. when they went bankrupt and then were reorganized and we and we and they you know they stopped making toxic comics mm-hmm. uh, we we, we they, they sent us a lawyer's letter uh, no Warner Brothers sent us the lawyer's letter we're not allowed to use the word superhero it's co-owned by Marvel and Warner Brothers wow. so we have to say superhuman heroes <laughs> but I can also say fuck fuck Warner Brothers <laughs> <laughs> I like that fuck them <laughs> that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Um, it, that's actually really funny. Uh, we we call ourselves superheroes all the time, so we we say "fuck you." You, you, you can't tell us what to do. <laughs> that's that's right. a beautiful thing about Perfect. podcasts. We get to say whatever the fuck we want. Excellent. Of course. <laughs> yep. The First Amendment, right? And today we have freedom of speech, don't we, gentlemen? That's as long true. as we don't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, exactly right? sort of. it. We have yeah, sort of freedom yeah. of speech. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> as, lo- as long as we have to keep certain names free of of that speech, but. Unbelievable! Um, we can't we can't say anything. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Speaking of, of of names, uh, you used to use the pseudonym of Samuel Well or Weil. At at what point? Uh, yes, Samuel Weil. Yeah. Yes. So, at what point did you change that, or did you did you like? Why did you start going by that name? Oh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Uh, in order to, to us uh, for us to pay the rent, I joined the Directors Guild as a production manager, which uh, meant that I couldn't direct or be an assistant director on a movie unless it was a Director's Guild movie. Okay. And uh, the Director's Guild is a, a, was a very fascist organization. 
and uh, they were very happy to throw people out. And, uh, you know, they were involved in creating the blacklist uh, in the 50s. Okay. Uh, so they kept accusing me of, of uh, making movies. But uh, as long as I used Samuel Weil, uh, they couldn't uh, kick me out of the union. And finally, they got very tough uh, during Thomas War. They put me on trial. I think it was the second time. And um, uh, I was found innocent of directing a movie. But... Uh, <laughs> But the, 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 the shit who ran the uh, who ran the DGA, the paid guy, uh, name was San, Stanley Ackerman. He took joy in calling our office and telling the receptionist, uh, uh, "We're going to find Coltrane fifteen thousand bucks." This goes back thirty years. Wow. You know, he, he, he that was his. He loved doing that, kicking people out, putting them on trial, uh, and and. Uh, but uh, luckily, it was. Uh, <laughs> Samuel Weil and uh, Michael Hers. It wasn't Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hers. And the newspapers had come to the set of Chomer's War and reported that I was directing, mm -hmm. uh, which I was. And uh, <laughs> But I, uh, when I was on trial, I said I was a very strong producer, like David uh, Oselznik, who mm -hmm. basically directed a lot of his movies mm -hmm. as a producer, and that uh, Samuel Weil was a name to reflect the Troma team and and the uh, the uh, jury acquitted me, but right after that I quit the Directors Guild, and after that I started using my own, you know, because Troma had become somewhat successful. So I, I said, "Fuck this!" I use my own name, <laughs> and now I get invited for lunch, and I get called up by uh, uh, by a freaking awesome uh, podcast. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's no. true. Although we we, we would have still called you uh, under Samuel Weil. So it, it's, it's, you are it's, talking to a bitter old man. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hates everybody. <laughs> I probably hate you too. Who knows? <laughs> By the end of this podcast, That's you might. Well, hopefully not. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. And and it, but it, let me say one other thing: the director scale, I think, based on all the cameos I have done uh, in some you know bigger movies mm -hmm. uh, at a union, I think all of the unions have opened up quite a bit. And all of and things like the Directors Guild, they, the people seem to be uh, loving movies and loving, uh, you know, like. And I think also the rules have changed so that because my wife, who was the New York State Film Commissioner, uh, told me that the head of the Directors Guild uh, now uh, says that the Directors Guild is very embarrassed that uh, Lloyd Kaufman quit it, that he resigned, and that they don't have me in the guild. I think there's very few. There's Robert Rodriguez and me. They That's don't have. I don't think there. I don't think there are any other sort of kind of known directors who they uh, they don't have. That, that's amazing. It's a great, great way of like kind of almost thumbing your nose and saying, fuck you guys. Yep. Haha, <laughs> 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 I told you. Yep, well, exactly. Look who's <laughs> laughing now. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, honestly, uh, maybe if I wasn't such a wise guy, I'd be in the, I, I have regrets. Don't worry. I, I, I could have handled things uh, more diplomatically. Yeah. Along the way, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a, but, you know, as you say, I love, I, I like thumbing my nose and pissing people off, and that's stupid. <laughs> But, well, I, you know, sometimes too it's spread into. Too late now. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know, just speaking of cameos, I, I definitely have to bring up, uh, you know, the the fact that uh, it was it was amazing to to see your little cameo in um, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, in the prison scene. Well, you know why. Don't you? Well, with with uh, James Gunn, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's amazing. So again, and, you show that and, influence. Uh, he's in the... a great guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a good guy, right? He's yeah, a good, 
good guy. And I didn't ask to have that thing. He was nice enough to offer it. He knows that I'm a, I'm a narcissist, but he, he's a good guy and he's sentimental. And when I was on set and there were several thousand people there, uh, he made a little speech uh, about me. And by the way, I just uh, was in uh, his new movie, Suicide Squad. Oh, that's and, fantastic. Uh, and I have a nice little, unless he cuts me out, I have a nice little cameo about it. Uh, and all of the cast, the stars were all trauma fans, and all the people around James Gunn—they're really nice people. You know, he's—he's—he is a believer in truth and love, and that gets you through a lot. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah and, and you know, I, I mean, we're definitely going to yeah. keep our eye our eye out for that cameo for sure. Um, and and it's those little those little <laughs> Easter eggs. We love them. You may need you, you may need your remote control to freeze frame. <laughs> Marissa <laughs> Tomei. Marissa Tomei is in the Toxic Avenger, and stupidly, I just kept her in the background. But uh, <laughs> if you use your remote control cleverly, you can see her. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow. Fantoxic. Fantoxic, yeah. Fantoxic. <laughs> I'm fantoxic. Thank you, Matt, man. Yeah, <laughs> yep. we're going to start using that more you often. You are freaking awesome. Right? Yeah, you guys are freaking awesome. So, <laughs> um, so I believe, if I'm correct, you have three daughters, all actresses? No, no, they um, they are all good actors. They're very smart. Yeah. Um, no, they are. Uh, um, the eldest is a writer and has uh, written and directed uh, Troma's Christmas cartoon okay. and also okay. Troma's holiday special. That's interesting. She's kind of a specialist in holiday projects. Uh, we have the Troma Holiday Carol, which is uh, on YouTube for free and also on Troma Now, and the uh, Christmas cartoon special. Will be coming to Troma now uh, in December. It's very exciting! It's a very Troma Christmas, and uh, uh, Lily Hayes, the eldest, she wrote and directed that. You'll have and to make sure you. And also a Halloween Carol. She wrote and directed the Halloween Carol, which uh, it's become a family tradition at Halloween. Again, it's just wonderful. It's beautiful, and she sold a, uh, a, a a series to NBC. Oh, nice! Wow, and. Um, and then her, uh, the next one down has a company called, you guys would be interested in this, Kit Split. Kit Split is like an Airbnb for a movie, uh, equipment. Okay. You know about Airbnb? You know what that is? Yep, Airbnb. yep, yep. Yeah. It's, um, and it's Air Bridget Bordeaux, and uh, there's an airline that was still, no, sorry, it's uh, yeah, Airbnb, I'm making a bad joke. And nobody remembers what Bridget Bordeaux is, so it's a Mm-hmm. Which in my day she was known as BB. Anachronistic Anyway, we were talking about something very important before that, and uh, it was the uh, initials BB. Yeah, was the significance. <laughs> that, what was that? I, what I, were we talking about? Uh, so we were talking about the, the fact that you had three daughters, mm-hmm. and um, I oh think- yeah. Let's say you own an Aeroflex uh, Alexa, but you don't, you know, you're not working full time. Yeah. You may have a month off. And and let's say that uh, Matt wants uh, to use, he needs an Aeroflex Alexa, but he doesn't want to pay the equipment to rental houses, what they charge. Yeah. And he needs, a, he needs insurance, which in the movie industry is crazy expensive. Kitsvet uh, is a platform that brings you guys together, much like Airbnb. And they provide insurance. Oh. Um, 
so it's really interesting. Uh, uh, so it's basically Airbnb for phone equipment, just like Airbnb. The only difference, uh, listen carefully, you do not sleep in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, get to it. So that's uh, uh, Elizabeth is her name, and of course all these kids have grown up uh, acting in film and movies and uh, uh, being traumatized by uh, what they've had to look at. And um, the third one, Charlotte, has done the most acting for trauma. Uh, she plays Charlotte Day in uh, Return to Return to Newcomb High, okay. the second volume of that uh, two-part movie. And she was also a DP, director of photography. Uh, and she is now, uh, she's become a documentarian uh, working with Alex Gibney and uh, Oscar-winning documentarian. And now she's uh, producing uh, and directing for uh, the guy who did The Jinx, which is uh, the show about the billionaire real estate guy who murdered his wife. So it was a big deal on HBO. And uh, this guy's a big documentarian. And they're doing something uh, very important at any point like as 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 a man has filled a lot of topless women in, in in your movies like did you ever like when they say they want to get into acting did you ever say like hell no you're not getting into movies <laughs> Well, I've certainly uh, uh, had uh, uh, topless men and bottomless men. There haven't been too many bottomless women in our films, but there have been uh, bottomless men. It's... And uh, when I say bottomless, I meant no pants on. Uh, yeah. You can see their penises. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've ever shown it. I don't think we've... Well, we have shown anus uh, in movies, but it's. I think it's been fake anus. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever, if we have shown an anus, uh, and there will be an anus in... Uh, Hashtag uh, Shakespeare shitstorm, but um, nothing uh, human. That's that's really funny, actually, because yeah, I might my, my it actually effects. leads into my my second question, um, which was uh, in in um, I think it was Poltergeist. Uh, you, you've got basically a a zombie that reaches up through the ground and pushes his fist through someone's ass and out his mouth, and and all I could think of was like. It, like that's not normally like something that comes up in conversation. So, like, at what point did someone say, "Hey, you know, it'd be funny"? <laughs> Let, let's well, put someone's a, fist through someone's that's ass. That's an excellent question. That's an excellent question. <clears throat> when we were making Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD, which is an excellent movie, and you all should see it. It's on Troma now. Mm-hmm. You can see it on Troma now. Watch Where you can also see a lot of brand new uh, movies uh, directed by the future Trey Parkers and James Gunn's and Eli Roth's and Gabe Friedman's, uh, the young new directors, Troma Now, uh, Kabuki Man, uh, when we were making that, whilst we were making it, I had a, it was like a dream that a snake had gone up my, uh, my uh, uh, one-way uh, chocolate canal, and <laughs> no, actually, it made it a two-way chocolate canal. A snake <laughs> went up there and came out of my mouth. And wow. I wanted to put that into search of Kabuki Man in my PD, in 1988 or 89, somewhere around then, and everybody on set was like, oh, that's so horrible. You, you, you're so disgusting. You, you don't, we can't do that. And we refused. So finally, uh, when Guys came along, Gabe Friedman, I put that in one of my books, 
And Gabe Friedman, who was, uh, worked for us for about 10 years and edited uh, and wrote uh, our best movies, he um, he said, you remember you wanted to do that thing with a snake going up somebody's ass? And, uh, so uh, we put it in Blue Guys Night in the Chicken Dead. And uh, now everybody's, uh, all the mainstream directors are putting fists up asses. And <laughs> up, uh, <laughs> Spielberg, they put one in Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> That was a that was a gateway fist up someone's ass. <laughs> That's right. I think Noah Baumbacher doesn't Noah Baumbach have that in the marriage story. I think that's what brings the two people together. Yeah. <laughs> I once you. again, we uh, the poultry guys was two thousand and seven, so I had to wait about uh, from nineteen eighty nine to nine. Yeah, I had to wait almost 20 years to get my dream to the joke. <laughs> I, I gotta it tell wasn't you. exactly as I had dreamed it. <laughs> Better late than never. When, when I... I had to compromise, too. I had to compromise <laughs> to it, to it the way Gabe Friedman I gotta say, like, imagine like that. There's a uh, there's something to, to go down in history for it, and finally on that epithet, he coined the phrase "fist in the ass." <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. So good. I think uh, I believe that uh, some people in Congress were uh, coined the phrase well before. Uh, <laughs> what's name? I think, yeah, yep. I, I'm guaranteeing that. I'm <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> um, Although Nancy Pelosi may have picked it up from you guys. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Um, we actually read somewhere that um, you never really wanted to make movies, but you wanted to work on Broadway musicals. Is that true? Well, I was, as a child, I had a very theatrical mother, uh, very much in the arts. So we went to opera and a lot of musicals, and I was obsessed with uh, Broadway musicals. And uh, uh, being a gay married man, I've uh, seen and wept through all of uh, Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand musicals. And uh, I never thought I would go into making movies. It was only at Yale University, the freshman year, I happened to be wounded. My roommate was a uh, film nut, and he ran the Yale Film Society. And uh, I started drifting into the Yale Film Society, mainly trolling for uh, dates. It was all boys in those days. <laughs> you know, and yep. and uh, uh, I started actually watching the movies. And, and they were brilliant, these uh, movies by... Uh, Chaplin and Keaton and John Ford and Howard Hawks and Jean Renoir and Stan Brackett, the greatest visual artist of my lifetime. But I started, I got hooked on cinema. What are you going to do? Did you, uh, I didn't, you know what I mean? I was originally going to be a social worker and (laughs) teach people, a teacher, you know, social worker, make the world a better place. Teach people with hooks for hands on finger painting. Teach thumbs how to paint happy faces on beads and string the beads together. Give them a lollipop. Although it, that although that sounds nice, I'm glad you you stuck with the film. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's, you that's, just bring that's, a different type of joy now. Yeah, the drugs were very good. <laughs> I didn't want to teach. I didn't really want to teach the bums how to paint happy faces. I wanted to show them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, after my college years, I decided to, during my college years, I bought a Rolex. My roommate and I made a couple of movies together. Feature movies. Unwatchable feature movies. 
<laughs> Got to start somewhere. Absolutely. I'm still making unwatchable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come a long way. <laughs> um, Troma had distributed uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone's Cannibal the Musical when no other American... Helped them make it. No, and, we and finished it. I was going to say it because you'd, you'd so finished it off with them. But, but no other yeah, like no, American we were, uh, a distributor would touch them at the time. So at that time, what was so appealing to you about... Like when when they came in, you're and you're just like, yeah, we're we're going to help you finish this. It was not finished. It wasn't finished, and uh, uh, I looked at it. We were the first stop on the train. They're major tuna jams, mm-hmm. and uh, they came to us first, probably oh. because we're the only ones who talk to people who just walk in the door. And uh, and my wife and I watched what they had uh, at night. I took it home, and I think it was a VHS. And uh, I, it was uh, hysterical. We were on the floor laughing. It's wonderful. A love story called uh, uh, the love story. You're on when you're on top of me, yeah. and then you come back and he's riding his horse. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, when I'm on top of you, forgive me. I'm on top, thinking of my own horse. When I'm on top of you, you know, you see Trey Parker, and then it, you know, eventually you realize he's singing to his horse. It's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, and these idiots in the house, so we told them, Michael Hers and I told Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, we love it, uh, but go to the bigger companies, see if you can get some money. Mm-hmm. We don't have any money. And they did, they went to all the big companies, and everybody turned them down, and they came back to us. We were the last stop on the train, and the first stop on the train. And uh, they, as, if you notice, the opening of the movie is a lot more Monty Python-esque and Troma-esque than the rest of it. Yeah, and uh, because we had him put in uh, all that violence at the beginning, you know, it's Monty Python violence. It's yeah, not anything, you know, it's not scary stuff. Or, <clears> uh, <throat> it's, it's it's musical. Yeah, and uh, and the movie was very very successful. And uh, actually, uh, um, the producer uh, of Cannibal the Musical has actually been very successful with the uh, uh, live shows. They've been they've been put on. All all over the world, Jason McHugh. So, uh, you know, we're all pretty good buddies. And uh, Trey and Matt are in Terra Firma, as you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. That's come back to life recently. It's uh, we can't keep it on the world. People have suddenly, like thousands of people have discovered Terra Firma, which is a different kind of uh, movie. <laughs> and uh, so people, the word of mouth is spread. That's the one good thing Trump has is word of mouth. Yeah, well, that's that's the most popular. We get, right we get our fans talk to each talk to, to their friends, and uh, that's how it stays keeps us in business. Word of mouth. Yeah. Rupert Murdoch cannot buy word of mouth. He can spend two hundred million dollars to promote, uh, you know, whatever he's promoting. And especially in this day and age, uh, but right? he can't he can't he can't force people to enjoy a movie that stinks. It's true, right? I mean, in this day and age, word of mouth is yeah. everything. With with everybody basically shit-talking every possible movie out there and giving bad reviews, it, it's almost like people don't even give the chance for the movie to be what it is. They they, they have such high expectations about a movie that they're they're crapping all over it before they even give it a chance for people to, to watch it. So um, with positive word of mouth over, over your standard advertising... Um, you have a better chance of getting a good following of people who in, who enjoy what you do. Well, that's why we're still here. It's all about word of mouth. And uh, for instance, uh, Terra Firma took about fifteen years to just break even. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but now it's galloping along in the uh, in the ancillary markets and the foreign markets too. It suddenly came to life, and it's good because it's a good film, and it's a terrific film. It's a crazy film. Terror is unbelievable. You can see it on Choma now. Watch that Choma dot com. But um, it's it just was ahead of its time. That's amazing. And, and for, for all our, our listeners out there, uh, we will, uh, if you jump over to uh, thefap.com, you can uh, check out uh, all of uh, Lloyd's links for, uh, you know, uh, Trauma Now and uh, the websites. And we've, oh, we've, post- we've posted that all up so that people can watch all your products and, and uh, enjoy as much as we have. Oh, thank you. You put that on your site? Yep, it's all up on our website. Oh, cool. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. welcome. Yeah. <clears throat> the least we can do. I hope the political correctness police FCC is going to shut you down. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. <laughs> Lloyd sends us a cease and desist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk Toxic Avenger. Um, so. I heard that the insp- your inf- inspiration for the movie was uh, when you were out camping with your wife and coming across some garbage. Um, what's the story behind that? Uh, well, uh, all of the movies that we make uh, have uh, heavy political and sociological content. Uh, they just happen to be satires and they happen to be very entertaining and they're aimed at young people. And the uh, movies like Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead... At its base, aside from being a musical of sorts, it's uh, anti-fast food. That's a serious feat. Yep. And uh, and uh, it, it's uh, again, it was ahead of its time. But uh, now the fast food companies are giving more salad and you know, putting less uh, whatever one of those the, things that Arnold the GMO Arnold GMO products and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the things that make them they give it to the cows so they get big muscles. Yep. Uh, Steroids. You know, the, the yeah. Yep. Yeah, steroids. The meat is full of steroids. You know, they're at least listening a little bit. So maybe poultry guys to, got a few young people to stop eating their shit. You know, who knows? In any event, uh, it, it, as I wrote in one of my books, uh, Toxic Avenger was inspired by uh, the fact that we, we, we uh, saw this garbage everywhere we went camping. No matter where we were, there was a McDonald's cup, you know, a, a styrofoam. They weren't biodegradable. Yep. And there were the other, you know, beer cans and whatever, every all over the place. Mm. So uh, we, we got us interested in the environment, and uh, 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 Frankenstein. I always wanted Frankenstein monster to live, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I was heavy into Preston Sturgis, who was a great American satirist and uh, one of the greatest filmmakers of his day. It was ruined by the suits, destroyed him, even though he had. Five humongous hits in a row. The uh, bureaucrats uh, brought him down. Mm. Uh, but uh, anyway, I can talk for an hour on it, just the beginnings of Toxic Avenger. <laughs> but the idea was uh, Michael Holmes noticed that the experts were downplaying horror. So we said, that, okay, that's where we're going. It was a perfect time to step and, in. Uh, Toxie, and again, Toxie was ahead of his time. Yeah. The first time we couldn't get at one theater to play it, the, the theater owners didn't get it. They didn't. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get it. And finally, uh, a French woman who was actually part of Warhol's gang, who I knew superficially when I was at Yale, uh, because I used to hang out at the Warhol factory mm-hmm. and uh, Max's Kansas City. 
uh, uh, she owned a little theater right into whatever called the Bleecker Street Cinema, and she booked it. And uh, she was French, uh, and the French, you know, have a feel for uh, nowadays too with trauma. The French they love us. Yeah. I just got an invitation today to come to Paris to show uh, Romeo and Juliet to do an anti Cannes film festival premiere. Wow. Uh, during Cannes. So that's going to be interesting. That'll be but cool. uh, getting back to your question, uh, um, the, uh, the, the Toxic Avenger, there's a lot that was uh, uh, rolling around to, to create it. It didn't just happen. And uh, and nobody would touch it except for this French woman. And uh, she, she, the day it opened, uh, there was a line around the bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually we had over 2,000 screens in the United States. Wow. That's amazing. So, uh, but nobody would touch it initially, and we brought it to Cannes, and mm-hmm. and we took we took big posters and and plenty of advertising at the festival, yeah. and uh, screened it two or three times. Nothing. Wow. And then, <laughs> and go- then that one theater in Greenwich Village exploded, and uh, and suddenly we had the theaters banging the doors. And then the next year at Cannes, it was a buyer frenzy. That's that's. So, uh, I was gonna yeah. say, and, and then things went kind of uh, crazy for it. And and uh, I remember um, as as a kid, Toxie and the Toxic Crusaders cartoon that came out. Uh, not to mention, you had like the the, the Toxic Crusader uh, video games, lunch boxes, and and I mean, it was such a a huge change from you know a sexually repressed nerd that turns into a a cartoon super. No, maybe it's maybe it's not that actually far off the mark, but you know. Well, you... Uh, the Toxic Avenger on so many levels is is it's the only, as far as I know, it's the only uh, superhuman hero or or heroine who has been in every possible media, from comic books to musicals on yeah. Broadway in the West End. You know, it's been in everything. It's, it's certainly the only movie in history in which a young boy's head is squashed by the wheel of an automobile. It's the only movie with that that was made into a politically correct environmental Saturday morning cartoon show for children <laughs> five years and younger. Nobody I saw mean, that and coming. Every level. <laughs> Roma's a fucking national treasure. Yeah. Roma's a fucking... And nobody... We get no respect. that We live in New York City. Nothing. When we hit 40 years, Nothing. Now it's almost 45 years. Not one newspaper in New York has paid one iota. When Return to Return to Newcomb High opened in New York, we've been making movies for, I, this is my 50th fucking year. Uh, Return to Return to Newcomb High opened, uh, we did my 50th year, mm-hmm. and Trump was 45th year in, a, in one thing in New York. Uh, and uh, nothing, not one major media said one peep about us. That's and we've insane. been making movies here and, and paying people who'd be on welfare for sure. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you met the people who we work with? Oh, my God. I mean, we're doing such a public service. We own a building. We pay real estate taxes. We, we've been making movies in New York City for uh, 45 years. Yeah. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. Trey Parker, James Gunn, Eli Roth, uh, 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 Marissa Tomei, Oliver Stone, Fergie, Paul Walker, they all came out of Toma movies. Yeah. And more. Samuel Jackson, his first movie is we financed it. Nothing. I mean, there's so many major things that 
Troma has have been involved in and has done. Even my Rocky appearance. Yeah. Right? I fucking got mentioned on the Academy Awards. Right. <laughs> That's and right. I got thanked. I, I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. was shit man on that movie too. Right. <laughs> and the director thanked me. Cool so um, that's, you know, and yet uh, nothing. You know, you what? really have to be in, you have to be in with a vassal of one of the devil worshiping international <laughs> media conglomerates. And yep. that would be my advice. My, a lot of, of, of interviewers ask me, what is my advice for a young person? Uh, and I very often say to my own self, be true, uh, you know, Shakespeare. Uh, 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 but uh, actually, you ought to get in with uh, one of the vassals. So you, otherwise, you're just going to be, uh, you know. I mean, I guess you can make your own damn little, you know, go to conventions with your DVDs and Blu-rays like I do. Yep. And we live the uh, death of a salesman. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, I, I. But if you want to, if you want to make a living, and if you want a roof and some food, my suggestion would be that uh, you uh, get in with some vassal of Netflix or some vassal. You know, like get in with the Sony Classics people mm-hmm. or the Fox Searchlight or maybe one of those uh, producers who make the Christmas movies or uh, Hallmark or something. And then, then you can sort of, you know, go to some other place. And Because there are very good people in the system who are making. I mean, James Gunn is the greatest guy in the world. Eli Roth is the greatest guy in the world. Uh, uh, Tarantino is terrific. Uh, you know, all the I know a lot of these people. They're great. You know, the sweet uh, irony is, is those actors. Unfortunately, percent of them. What's that? As I say, you know, Sorry. the sweet irony is those 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 directors are probably saying the exact same thing about you. Well, they may well be, uh, but um, uh, and they know as long as they give me two seconds of a cameo, uh, I'll blow them. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, but, and that's the that's the secret. But, uh, the secret right that's what you should be telling the young to, folks. The point I'm trying to make is uh, the smart. You know, was James Gunn worked for Troma for a couple of years, wrote Tromeo and Juliet, became which became successful, mm-hmm. and then uh, from there got to write Scooby Doo. Yep. And because he was smart, he went out there and and he kept writing and he talked to everybody and and uh, Troma was a stepping stone. But you know. You know, I, I got to yeah, think uh, with with um, you know we're kind of going back for that little bit of a uh, you know how New York has kind of passed you over and anything. I think someone's got to start a petition out there and and reach out to Sam Jackson and all the other directors that kind of were influenced by you to to have one of those um, uh, pewter trauma uh, Christmas um, ornaments made at, and and <laughs> at the very minimal uh, and and make sure that uh, there you know that trauma is, is captured in that uh, history. Well, uh, uh, it's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> or they could just give you a shitload of money. So, <laughs> my only thing is uh, whatever I've got, I'm taking with me. <laughs> That's a good way to have it. Yep. I, I tell my kids that all the time. <laughs> uh, we have another little segment of our, our show we want to, uh, to get in with you, and uh, it's called the, uh, the Rapid Fire Questions. And uh, what what happens here is uh, Matt has twenty questions that he asks you, and uh, you just come up with the the first thing that pops to your head. All righty, let's start rapid fire questions. Question one: favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time: Mozambique's uh, Princess Young Guife. It's the most powerful experience other than ejaculation that I've had. It was a religious <laughs> experience, and I've only seen that movie once. Wow. Uh, because I was so knocked out by it. 
I didn't want to uh, see it again. You know, I, didn't, I just knew it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be as great. Amazing. Nice. Um, Netflix or Disney Plus? Uh, let's see. That would be like drinking shit or eating piss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, were ho- we were hoping for that answer. <laughs> I think I'd choose Netflix because they're the uh, shit disturbers. Yeah, <laughs> fair yeah, enough. No, that's, shit, so we were hoping you would give an awesome answer, and you did. So totally thank you. delivered. Totally delivered. Uh, you guys are freaking awesome. You're inspiring <laughs> me to be awesome. I'm usually very boring and not awesome. So thank you. What's uh, What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Uh, cheese. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong with cheese. Favorite book, and you can't yeah. say your own. <laughs> Uh, wow, I would say uh, probably the Bible, the uh-huh. New Testament, probably. Out of curiosity, I mean, would yeah. have you? Would you, say, you, would you have said your own? My books are great. <laughs> my books are terrific. Buy and my book. A, a new novel that you probably don't know called called Pests, and Pe- Pests is a dark novel. Uh, 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 it concerns an exterminator, but the uh, we've been getting royalties. We've never I've been six or seven books and usually the advance is all you see mm-hmm. um, and this book is getting royalty so you guys uh, might want to check out in the uh, internet find PES PES P-E-S-P-S alright listeners look for that yeah that sounds it's not funny it's dark good good we like dark right who's who's your favorite who's your favorite Marvel character Spidey nice Spidey Oxy yeah, nice. is fighting. Yep. Right? Stan Lee and I were friends for 50 years, by the way. I'm probably his oldest living friend. And, and, and uh, he obviously was a huge influence. It was thanks to Stan that we got uh, Toxie into Marvel Comics. And Stan and I wrote a script in 1970 that did get optioned, uh, never made. And uh, we worked out a few other projects. We never personally got anything going together. But uh, he definitely was a, a big fan uh, of, of Troma. And um, his favorite movie was Kabuki Man, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. But uh, Spidey, clearly, you can see it. In fact, if you look at the introduction for one of my books, Stan wrote the introduction and says that in the same way that Spidey changed the face of uh, comic book heroes, uh, Poxy has changed the face of, uh, of, of, of cinema superheroes and that he, uh, what makes him a superhero is not uh, being strong, Actually, uh, Toxie only has a mop. That's his weapon. Yeah. And he can jump. That's nothing. But what makes uh, Toxie a hero is uh, he, he uh, super, super, he, uh, uh, succeeds over his worldly problems. He takes care of his mother. Mm-hmm. He has trouble finding work. Uh, he's got skin condition. Uh, you know, he's like Spidey. He's, got, yeah. he's human. Yeah, he's that's human. amazing. That's amazing. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, he's like Frankenstein. Yeah. You feel bad for the monster. And Stan's even done a couple cameos in your movies. Oh, he's in about ten of our movies. Yeah, he's, he's in. In fact, uh, we're, we, we're dedicating uh, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm to uh, Stan Lee. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So good. And John G. Avelson and John G. Avelson, uh, my mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them were mentors, and and they both basically gave me the same advice. Uh, Avelson, mm-hmm. uh, Academy Award-winning director, uh, and Stan Lee both told me not to be so. Uh, wise guy, and not to and to try to be more mainstream. Yeah. People just don't want to see uh, broomsticks uh, being well in the world. 
<laughs> no, we totally, we totally looked at the broomstick jam- being jammed we up the guy's ass. Yep. Not everybody is ready for it. <laughs> Terraforma. Yep. Uh, again, it takes fifteen years, but uh, eventually, Return to Return to Nukemai, aka Volume Two, is, it's going to be very well liked. It's really good. That's perfect. That's great. Um, so Spidey, Spidey is my answer. Spidey. Perfect. Love it. All right. What's your uh, favorite song from the past year? Favorite song from the past year. Wow. I'm so, geez, favorite song from the past year. You know, it's a release that's come out in the past year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just something you heard on the radio and it's just stuck in your head. Oh, I would have to say Michael Blue. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Blue. He's Canadian, though. Yeah, that's yeah. it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> there's only seven of us up here in this country, so we yeah. all know each other. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's huge. He's huge. He gets, you know, 2,000 people come and see him. Oh, yeah, wow. Or he's enormous. But uh, I find him. Uh, yeah, I think he's, to me, he's like a second rate Sinatra. Yeah, but uh, what do I know? Uh, I'm sorry, so I'm making a bad joke. <laughs> there are some. Wow, I you know I have such a bad memory, but I I I really like. I have to say, I really like Taylor Swift. I was going to yeah, ask you uh, that. That's awesome. Say, yeah, Taylor Swift song. It's so catchy. And, yeah, uh, I I think she's got something to say, and uh, um, I uh, well the the. Um, the one that goes, hoo, 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 hoo. what song is that? Is that Lover? Is that Lover? Is it, uh, is that the newest one? Yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's got that whole thing. Yeah. I think that's a great song. Yeah. And, um, but I, you know, I know I've heard other great songs in the past year by contemporary, uh, but I just can't bring them to mind. But I definitely have been into Taylor Swift. I've been listening to Taylor Swift. No, it's great. Can't answer. go wrong with Swift. For sure. Yeah. The awesome. other thing that's great is uh, that the mix that's on the, on, uh, but it's not new stuff. The uh, Tarantino mix, not Tarantino, the Once Upon a Time in, uh, in Hollywood. Yes. yes. There's yeah. a mix that some guy named Josh, somebody uh, mm-hmm. put together with songs of the era and, and radio commercials in between. And, and it's great. I, I had a good time with that. But yeah. that's nothing new. It's not new stuff. No. No. Nope. This is a collection, right? You know, by the way, Tarantino was the one who told me, uh, he, he didn't actually tell me, but he kind of told me. Uh, when we, we were in Sitges a long, long time ago, uh, and he said, I asked him, I can't remember what, but he, he said I should do something bigger. And, uh, you know, we use our own money, so I can't do much bigger. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that, he said, you know, something more ambitious, bigger. And, um, and, uh, and I think he also said, you know, maybe you have to compromise a little bit. But when I saw that he did Kill Bill in two volumes, yep. that's what got me to do bigger. I made two movies in one, uh, The Return to New Kamai, yep. Return to Return to New Kamai, I gave on two. And uh, that was his doing. Oh, oh nice. Nice little influence. And recently, in, uh, in fact, in, in Ottawa at the Mayfair Cinema, they showed uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in, the, in, the, in Hollywood. And after that, he programmed... Uh, return to Return to Nukemai, a.k.a. Volume 2. And both posters were up outside the theater together. That, that uh, makes so. Tarantino, an open, uh, Tarantino an opening act for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But here's another bit of it. Here's another bit of, of esoteric. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I was involved with a film called Sweet Savior, which was a film about, which was basically a Manson film. Uh, it didn't use the names, but Troy Donahue, if you if you know, he, he was a teenage heartthrob, but he became old and uh, older, and he played uh, the Manson character. And uh, I'm in that film also. And uh, it got into a lot of trouble when it came out in the late 60s, like yeah. 69 or 70, because you couldn't, you know, religion was something you weren't supposed to put into uh, uh, our kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and they, the, uh, the religious got really pissed off. The film opened Sweet Savior, the word savior. Mm-hmm. So they had to change the title and the film got totally... And the film was not very good. But... Tarantino played it in his movie theater. He, he collects prints, and okay. he had a print of it. Uh, it probably has the Troma logo still on it. Wow. And uh, he played it uh, the week of uh, opening uh, the uh, actual, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because there weren't a lot of Jones Benson movies made. <laughs> yeah. And I'm right. in that movie, too. All right. So, uh, beer, scotch, or wine? Scotch, for sure. Scotch, nice. Yep. That also is true for my take, my take, always. PC or Mac? Uh, well, I think Mac. Mac? Nice, okay. Nice. I have both, but I would say Mac. Yeah. iPhone or Android? Porn, better porno. Blast <laughs> <laughs> faster with the Mac. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so is that, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Legacy of Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Instant porn. Yep. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, iPhone or Android? I have to say iPhone. All right. Poutine? Have you ever had poutine before? Of course. All right. So poutine or fish and chips? Well, and now I'm a vegetarian, so it would definitely be a, a poutine. All right. Okay. Kind of I'm not vegan, so you can put the gravy on Yeah. Yeah. Gravy's yeah still good. So you can hit the gravy. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah. Metallica or ACDC? Wow, that is a really good question. Oh, boy, I think I prefer Metallica's music. I think AC, the Metallica gang are not my favorite people based on the documentary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they can be a little douchey. But yeah. I think I prefer their music. They're both great. They're both great. All right. Yeah. What is your spirit animal? Tell me, what is this? What do you mean? A spirit animal would be what? Yeah, like what? Like one of those animals that you would uh, relate to and, and be like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like my guide. Oh, Jesus. I see myself. I, I actually, I dream that I'm Jesus Christ and that I'm being crucified. I see myself as a human, as a crucified human. All right. All right. Sacrifice human. Myself Sacrifice as, human. I, right. I see myself as a victim. I guess I see. I would see myself as some, uh, you know, one of those things with the, the things that run in her, you know, the, uh, the antelope. Antelope? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, okay. Well, don't you at least you're not you're the snake that went up your ass. <laughs> speared and shot, and shot at. And yeah. Can't, you know, that's no defense. Just useless, helpless creature. That's a the good answer. That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the stupidest question. Your question would have been great. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll mark that down the, as our stupid one. I'm 73 years old. You know, you know, don't talk to all these spirits. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, what, uh, what's your weirdest secret talent? <laughs> 
Weirdest secret talent, the masturbation for sure. <laughs> <laughs> New superhero name, I come did, man. <laughs> and if I did, uh, everybody would be doing it, and it'd be a very difficult to do my buses. What is uh, what is you one, one, one hint? It, 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 it <laughs> a large tomato. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, what's the top actor actress that you'd like to work with? Uh, that is a terrific question. Uh, well, I tell you, Brad Pitt and uh, Leo, or whatever his name is, DiCaprio. DiCaprio? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the two of them in uh, Tarantino's movie—they were so good. I've heard a lot of good things about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one I haven't That's a great yeah. but that's just amazing. I've seen it twice on the big screen. It's terrific. It's just well, of course I my error, I graduated from Yale in sixty eight. Mm-hmm. So all the all the little background stuff that Tarantino which you really see in the big screen. Uh, it's just terrific. Wonderful. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh female. I, I very much like the the young woman who James Gunn used in super like Elizabeth something Ellen Ellen somebody. Oh, is it was it Ellen Page? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's she's great. I, I, the best one though now, in my opinion, the best the best is uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. She's she, doing really good right now. She's not very attractive, but uh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> makeup, movie makeup does a wonderful thing. <laughs> I kept hoping. I kept hoping when I was on the Suicide Squad set that uh, uh, you know that, that, that Margot Robbie was going to be on set. But there was a one day she wasn't on set, which was Oh, yeah, that was probably a sad day. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's terrific. She's great. She would be wonderful. She can do anything. She can do anything. And you know the Tanya movie, right? She was. In oh that. yeah, I, it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she was amazing. She was Tanya Harding. She was great. Yeah, it was. And she's good in everything. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, have you ever peed but on I, something I, public? Peed on something public? Uh, I've definitely peed on many a pubic. Uh, public. I know. I will. I. I certainly feed on numerous buildings and fire you know. Yeah, that's close enough. That's yep. close. Yeah, we'll yep. take it. We'll, we'll take, take it. it. Yep. I can't say I've peed on anything, you know, like a statue. Yeah, something yeah. monumental. Yeah. Somebody's grave. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't really think that way. But I, I did visit the grave of, uh, of uh, Jim uh, Morrison. Mm-hmm. Up near Mos- up near. Uh, in Saint Michel, oh. up near, uh, uh, sorry, Sacre Bleu, Sacre, whatever it is, Sacre Girl, Sacre Girl, and uh, I was, I was quite shocked to see all the crap and garbage, and it smelled like you. And, uh, yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I, you know what? Probably there are people who've probably peed on his grave. grave. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. were definitely going to Jim Morrison's grave to, you know, get drunk and I guess pee next to the grave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was really a bad. It was not well kept. Quite shocked. Surprising. This was quite a while ago. Yeah. 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 
Do uh, question eighteen? Do boobs ever get boring? Uh, you know, uh, uh, male boobs never. They never get boring. <laughs> not, my, not as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I don't think so. I think uh, to me, the human body. Again, I had a European upbringing. I learned French when I was five years old. I passed my summers in Europe. In in France uh, uh, and Europe and so and I and I you know experimented let's say um, uh, in fact uh, well I, 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 well, I don't want to go there. you can read my first book all I need to know about filmmaking I learned from the Dots of Avenger but uh, I I I, my, I had lots of nudity right it wasn't a big deal when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I spent a year in Chad. Chad is in, in, when I, I took my year after Yale. Mm-hmm. After my freshman year at Yale, I spent a year in Chad, living in the bush, no electricity, no wa- running water, uh, nothing. In 1965, uh, and uh, you know, basically roughing it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there were a lot of naked women running around, you know, and it was beautiful. It was great. Yeah. I didn't even. Well, I mean, again, I was 19, so of course I. <laughs> <laughs> I did that thing where my eyeballs bulged out like uh, <laughs> Sylvester Cat or Robert Jerry when they, when they see it pretty cool. Yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's not, it's just, we have such a puritanical thing in this country about nudity. And yeah. That, to this day, our movies, you know, get kicked off YouTube. Uh, Trauma's War just got kicked off YouTube. A, a movie made 30 years ago. For no reason, no reason. They just, just saying it's community standards. Here's a movie made 30 years ago, has played in hundreds of theaters all over the country, all over the world, has been in festivals all over the world. Troma's War, it's, it looks like Bambi compared to the stuff that the majors are coming out with, but it has some nudity. Yeah. And apparently we're not allowed to have nudity. We're still a Puritan country. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that and, is and, strange. Uh, yeah. You know, so I... I, I but I have to say, I'm 73 years old. I, I see a beautiful young woman in the street. <laughs> my, my neck can do exactly what the uh, what Linda, what's her name, did in The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> it goes right around. Minus With the all pea my soup. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, Question. Uh, but I can tell you, for you young people out there. I've been married for 45 years, as long as trauma. My wife, who was uh, retired from being 20 years the New York State Film Commissioner, we are happily married. Uh, the kids are, uh, uh, I fat shamed them so they all look good. Um, <laughs> they seem to be paying their rent. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm a bourgeois. I'm not a crazy guy. I'm totally bourgeois. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and I, I think that a good marriage is really uh, something, you know, I think I'm prouder of being married uh, and my family and having had the same partner in my business, Michael Hers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm prouder of that than anything, you know, or I think that's, you know, probably more satisfying and more beautiful than uh, any kind of Oscar or red carpet or article in a New York newspaper. Every all the things I've been whining about. <laughs> uh, in that regard, I would advise that's a really important part of life, and uh, it, it can be a huge pain in the ass. 
you know, I have to babysit for my grandchildren and stuff like that. But, but that, that's what it's all about, really, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep. There is something to all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the last <laughs> question here. Um, what's, yes. what's the favorite podcast that you've been on in the last 12 hours? Well, it's the, the, my favorite podcast, uh, God, you know, when, when the trauma team and I are not making those great movies like the toxic Avenger or hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, we all like to kick back and listen to the best podcast ever, which happens to be uh, freaky awesome. Uh, I mean, that's the best education Best entertainment uh, that there is. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. How do you guys feel? Well, we like that too. That's, that's one yeah, of our favorites. Like that's a good yep. answer. <laughs> um, well, you guys are very nice guys. <laughs> well, uh, was, so, there one, was there another question? Because I kind of have to bring off of the Yep, I, I got one last question. Well, so. Uh, we've got one last question, and it is from our uh, our last guest. Uh, we had um, the Canadian uh, Gold and Platinum uh, Album uh, Award winner uh, Biff Naked on our show, and uh, she asks you, uh, "What is your most favorite favorite flavor of soda pop?" Uh, I think I like. I, I don't get it very often, but there's something called red. It's in Texas for the most part, and I like diet red. I would say oh, that's my favorite, but um, that's very intellectual because I can't find it where I live, and I can only find it in Texas. And and the diet red is really hard to find, even in Texas. But wow. um, uh, I guess I drink I drink mainly Monster. The diet, the Monster, uh, Monster, the white can. Oh, white, I like the white flavor. And then maybe once a week I'll have the purple flavor. And then tonight I had a, yeah, we were filming here this evening, uh, this afternoon, and I had a uh, an orange-flavored uh, monster drink. And, you know, I started with the uh, Red Bull uh, diet, Red Bull, sugarless Red Bull, yeah. which I liked a lot, but I'm finding I prefer the monster. So I guess oh. right now... Red uh, and monster. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Well, Lloyd, uh, you've you've made so many movies. You've created cult classics with countless followers. You're honored by so many of your peers. But we cannot thank you enough for taking some time out of your day and being on our show. Uh, we can't wait to see what you come up with next. Uh, definitely when uh, Shakespeare Shitstorm uh, is out, make sure that you uh, drop us a, a message, drop us a link. We will share it out. We'll get it out to as many people as possible. And, uh, uh, again, if anything else comes up... Yeah, we've got uh, some very good... Uh, I'm producing uh, a movie being directed by Mercedes the Muse, mm-hmm. a very feminist, uh, uh, good movie, a uh, good script uh, called Divide and Conquer. And Heidi Moore is finishing up the editing on her trauma movie, uh, which I'm producing. And uh, uh, Kill, Dolly Kill, which is LBGT, but not the politically, not the bullshit LBGT. This is the real LGBT. Okay. And um, also, we've got a whole bunch of movies that I'm producing. Uh, I don't know what I'm kind of looking around. I have a feeling hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm might possibly be my last one. Because this uh, took a lot out of me. And also, uh, we use our own money. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. pretty, you know, it's half a million bucks. And I don't think I can come up with that kind of money again. And I can't get investors because how am I going to tell people... 
to, uh, you know, put your money into my movie uh, because I know it's going to lose money. You know, or maybe if you wait 15 or 20 years, you, you, then, you, then it becomes popular again. To, yeah. <laughs> you, we didn't have to. Well, this is uh, something in the last 20 years. It's been a, the consolidation of the, mo- of the uh, entertainment industry mm-hmm. is squeezing out all the little guys. And yeah. this happened before. It happened in the 20s. Uh, Thomas Inc., uh, I-N-C-E, who was uh, like a trauma of his day, although much bigger, uh, he uh, tried to stay independent. They warned him. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're the last independent studio. There are always going to be independent studios, but they can't survive. They make perfectly good movies, but they can't compete with the $200 million advertising campaigns and the vertically integrated mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. cartel that's around. So as a result, these... Uh, New independent studios go away after two or three years. They die. That that reminds and, me. Uh, and we're still here, and it's only thanks to our fans. And But I can't afford to make another half a million dollar movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't have it, and I can't ask my friends. So unless, uh, so, oh, unless I find a script that's really, 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 really one of a kind and that uh, I'm absolutely obsessed with, mm-hmm. I, I would you know, go, go into debt or something go figure it out. But uh, I'm also dabbling, incidentally, and I, you can see I'm a narcissist. I meant to talk about that. I forgot to mention that part. Uh, uh, the Toxic Avengers, the musical, it's terrific. And it played in New York for a year off at a big theater. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it went away, and it's, it hasn't gone to Broadway. It did go to the West End in London, and it's written by Joe DiPietro and David Bryan, the keyboard artist for uh, Bon Jovi. And they won a Tony for Memphis, and uh, and it's a wonderful musical. And I want to do it. I, I think I'm looking into doing an off off Broadway, you know, really micro budget one where I, the creator of Toxic Avenger, would direct the musical of Toxic Avenger. Mm. And uh, and Joe and David, if uh, they like that idea, yeah. So uh, I'm sort of trying to you know talk to the licensing people and theater. You know, I'm just. I may not be able to do it, but well, it definitely be wonderful, and and I think it should make its way up. Yeah, it's really the, good. The musical the region, the musical played in Toronto. It, it, it may have, I may have played in Ottawa. It was in yeah. Toronto for a while. Okay, it's, it's really quite good. Hey, if there are any movie theaters in your area that uh, would play trauma movies, or if any, if ever you guys wanted to like curate a trauma weekend somewhere in the theater was okay, I would go there and we could do it. You guys uh, promote the uh, freaking awesome and I'll show a couple of movies and, and sell some merchandise. And you you curate the Q&A and moderate it. Uh, that could be fun. Yeah, we'll so, definitely uh, look into that. Yeah, that sounds that would, fun. That would be amazing. Any local theaters. Yeah, before I let you go, Lloyd, uh, I just want everybody to, to know, uh, yesterday you had posted out uh, an amazing... Um, video uh, where you're talking about the uh, the loss of diversity of voices. I just want everybody to to jump over to your your Twitter feed, um, which is uh, Lloyd Co- uh, at Lloyd Kaufman, and uh, and check it out. It it, it actually I was uh, watching it today. Uh, I think as as the creators ourselves, uh, it really does mean a lot. Um, uh, I do love the fact that um, you know you 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 shit talk. Uh, 
uh, YouTube and and use YouTube as <laughs> as the the deliverance of it, which I thought was a, was a great way of doing it. Um, but it, it is really true. Um, there's there's so much in that video that I would love for people to see, and uh, it uh, it is well, it's, it's great. It's great. Well, please so. uh, repost. You guys put the you know repost that link. It's called uh, Indie Artists versus uh, Media Cartels. Yep. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely we'll definitely post it out, yeah. and uh, and, and we'll you. let you know what the, so when this episode airs, it'll air next week. But we'll let you know if you want to post it out for us and uh, and have your fans also check it out. We'll appreciate that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Wonderful. yeah, definitely. Sure. And also, uh, you, know, you you should uh, email if you have any. Do you have anybody's email at Troma? You should email it. We should put you on our list so you can. Uh, there's a lot of yep, we've, know, got, there we've got Tom's so we uh, new directors that I'm discovering or we are discovering yeah uh, they're really going to make their mark so uh, you know you might be interested in those we we definitely be interested movies. in ch- chatting with them and uh, and having them on the show so uh, th- thank yeah, you very the much guy who wrote, the guy the guy who wrote hashtag Shakespeare's uh, Shitstone uh, he uh, uh, financing his movie uh, Slashing uh, Part 2 Okay. Tribute slashing one. Yep. And uh, Brandon Basham has uh, written and he's he's shot uh, uh, slashing two and he's editing and uh, uh, I produced it. It's very good and uh, he's a talent. He's going to be. He he works with the Upright Citizens Brigade and he teaches there and uh, 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 very very you know he's he's, he's going to be a serious player. He already is, but I mean. He'll, he'll be famous, no Wonderful. doubt, no doubt. He's Excellent. very funny, very funny. Well, we'll definitely keep in uh, keep, keep in touch with you and uh, see what we can uh, do about getting some uh, some more trauma out and uh, and into the public. And yeah, let's get it. Let's go yeah. and show show volume one and volume two of uh, Return to Duke of High in a theater and uh, you know have a big trauma weekend. That'd be super It'd fun. Terrific. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, thank you very much for all your time. And uh, like I said, we will uh, we'll keep in touch. Terrific. Okie dokie. We'll I'll sign off and thank you very much to freaking awesome. Thanks, Matt and Anthony. <laughs> Thanks, Lloyd. Thanks, Lloyd. Have may a wonderful you, day. May I call you Tony? Yeah, yeah Tony may works with Tony? me. Yep, I'm easy going. May I call you Matthew? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So awesome. fuckers. Take care. Right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 You're welcome. Thank Bye. you so much. Thank you. So thanks for tuning in to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. We hate to see you go. But we love to see you come. I'm on the air. We on the air. We got this podcast. Ah, uh, oh, not again. Wicked sweet. Eh. <laughs>